Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Are you tired of lugging around heavy, bulky tree stands, whether you're using a climber or a hang-on, and would prefer to hunt lighter and more mobile? If you said yes, then you need to check out the Tethered Mantis Saddle and Predator platform. For me, this uh, setup has done a couple things for me over the past year and a half. I've definitely been more mobile, lighter. And when you get into those situations where maybe the wind switches on you or whatever, and in years past, you didn't want to pull all your gear, it's because you didn't want to move it, didn't want to make additional noise and things of that nature. This kind of solved all those problems for me. And I'm able to kind of tear down quickly, make a move if I need to make a move and get set up uh, without losing a whole lot of hunting time. The other thing I do a lot more of with this is actually I'll still hunt my way through or just kind of go into an area where I'd like to check out. Scout with all my stuff on my back. It's super light, so I don't really even notice it. And I hunt to where I'm going, or I still hunt through to where I'm ultimately going to set up, which is a great benefit, has been a great benefit to me so far this year. If you're interested in all these things, then you need to head over to tetherednation.com, check out all their information related to saddle hunting, and release your inner tree ninja. First thing I do in the morning before a hunt is, of course, I have to have my morning coffee. And I'm sure most of you out there probably feel the same. Make sure you're filling your mug with Skull Brew Coffee as it is the only coffee company that is both 2% for conservation certified and, of course, donates 10% of their profits to conservation organizations who are helping us to secure the future of our wild places. So head to SkullBrewCoffee.com and choose between three killer roasts of coffee and know that you are supporting conservation with every sip. All right, if you listen to this uh, podcast for any length of time, you guys know that I am good friends with all the guys over at Exodus. And I want to give you a quick heads up that you should be checking out some of their content if you haven't already. They have a podcast out called Trail Cam Radio, and they release new episodes every Tuesday. So the day before you listen to this one, you could be listening to that one as well. They've done some deep dives with some great guests. Uh, you'll you'll recognize some of these names as Jeff Sturgis, Dan Enfault, and The Hunting Public. And they also jump into and talk to some uh, less-known hunters who consistently are getting it done many times on public land. Uh, if you prefer to watch podcasts, if you're looking for some video content, uh, they have a YouTube channel as well, and that 
is packed, of course, with great videos and interviews. One of the most popular ones they did is a, a candid interview with John Eberhardt. And uh, if you know anything about John, you always get the straight dope from him. And for my, for specifically my PA listeners, uh, they just recently posted a public land big woods interview with Steve Shirk, which I, which I consumed, and it is pretty awesome. This dude's killing hammers and getting on giant deer in in, in uh, Pennsylvania, so it's absolutely a a must listen. So if you're looking for more whitetail content, especially here during the course of the season, you just can't get enough. Uh, be sure to head over to their podcast, Trail Cam Radio, and their YouTube channel, Exodus Trail Cameras, and drop them a subscription or review, and let them know that Truth from the Stand sent you. If you're also in the market for a trail camera, uh, over the last four years, of course, Exodus has consistently showed they build quality trail cameras that flat out just work. Of course, the best trail camera warranty, period. Every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty and even comes with a theft and damage coverage. That's right, five years, literally half a decade, you'll be covered by the Exodus five-year warranty. But more than likely, you won't need it because the cameras are built to last. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 153. Today, John and I cover my Iowa fourth quarter magic and much more, so stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Getting back on the schedule here for putting out podcasts on Wednesdays as opposed to every other day. That was quite the uh, the the podcast marathon while I was in Iowa. It's, it was I was I, I held true. I said that I was hoping to try to put one out every day, and I think I ended up putting it one out a little more than every other day. I think there was a total of nine uh, podcasts, if I'm not mistaken, that came out during the course of the trip to Iowa. Uh, this maybe I think being the tenth officially, this is you know the the last one of the Iowa trip. I only was holding it to to put it out on on Wednesday because John and I, of course, we recorded this um, super late on the my last evening there for um, for some for some good reasons. Um, and then of course I pulled out of Iowa the following morning on Saturday morning at like four a.m. and drove sixteen hours straight through back to Pennsylvania to get home so I could have at least one day to unpack on Sunday and uh, get ready for, you know, to get back to the grind, back to the work week, uh, back to the regular J-O-B. Um, but this podcast, if you've been following along on Instagram, um, you, know, the, you, you might know the ending to this story possibly, but I'll, I'll try not to spoil it here. Um, for anyone who didn't who didn't follow along, there's a couple things I wanted to make mention um, before we jumped into the, the podcast, before the, we jump into the podcast with John and I. Uh, just because the end of the day, the end of that night, uh, the last night was kind of a haze. Everything was kind of happening quickly. I was, of course, super tired after taking care of some things in the woods till pretty late into the evening and and so forth. Um, so things were a little bit of a, a little bit of a haze. But not to let the cat out of the bag, but um, I had some fourth quarter magic in Iowa at the very end of the trip, the very last hour, hour and a half of 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 light. Um, I managed to get the get the job done, so I was super stoked for that. I'm still super pumped about it. Um, you know, nothing like waiting to the last day to finally to to finally come through. Um, but because of that, you know, I didn't kind of I don't think I covered every point necessarily when John and I were talking, just because uh, being quite honest, I was mentally, physically, uh, and probably emotionally to a degree fried um, and didn't have a whole lot of gas in the tank, uh, but wanted to try to get something 
a podcast done while I was there with John. So with that, I never made clear during the course of the John and I's conversation that this was actually a different deer. If you were following along on Instagram, there was a big eight that I had been chasing. I'd missed a couple times. Uh, if you followed along with any of the other rut log podcasts that kind of chronicled those episodes or those, you know, um, missed opportunities. Um, but this in fact was a different deer than the one that I was chasing. It was a location I was set up for a specific deer that I had had multiple encounters with. Um, but just didn't come to fruition. And, and this fella came through, um, later in the evening, um, with a little bit of shooting light left. And, um, and he's the one who was the lucky, the lucky winner of a day six arrow. Um, so I wanted to make mention of that because I got a lot of questions as to whether or not this was the deer that I was, that I had missed a couple of times and was, was kind of trying to chase and, and, and chase down. So it was in fact a different, uh, a different deer, um, the other thing I wanted to make quick mention of, there's two more pieces of housekeeping here and then we'll get to the podcast with John, I promise. Um, one is that I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone out there who followed along during the, during the journey. And, uh, especially during the course of the, the days where I had some shot opportunities and, um, screwed the pooch. Um, you know, those were, those were a couple tough days, um, to kind of, to kind of get through, especially on a 15 day hunt. Um, you know, one happened at day six, one happened, I think in day, day 10, um, of the hunt where I had, um, some good opportunities at a really good deer. And I, and I, and I managed to mess both of those up. Um, you know, it was, it was a little bit, a little bit taxing, not going to lie. I, you know, you can go back and listen to those podcasts to kind of see, guess mentally exactly where I was at, but, um, it was tough. You know, and I was super appreciative of all the guys, you know, and, and girls who who reached out to me and showed, you know, words of encouragement and uh, just let me know that they were riding along with me and that, you know, some of the, some of those guys that reached out, you know, just let me know that, hey, you know, I missed this week too, you know, or whatever it was, you know, so um, very appreciative of that. Also want to give a big thanks because, you know, a lot of times, you know, bow hunting is very much... Um, you know, I think in many ways a selfish sport as we, you know, kind of, um, you know, leave our families many times to go do these things. So of course, you know, super thankful for my wife, you know, being as cool as she is with giving, you know, not, um, getting worked up whenever I take these long trips to go, you know, chase, uh, chase something I love to do. Uh, so that goes without saying, but the other thing I wanted to mention was just, you know, a big thanks, of course, to John. Um, and he, when we talk about that during, during the show, um, but you know, him, you know, me going out there and scouting in March and him giving me a place to stay while I was out there and scouting in March and, um, you know, talking through just different things about how I was a little bit different and how to hunt some certain setups and areas and stuff like that. Um, John's just, you know, if you can't tell, he's been on the podcast for going on like two plus years now at this point, he's a good buddy. Um, love him to death, uh, stand up dude. And he's got a heart of gold. Um, and so big thanks to him, you know, for, for all the stuff that he's done, not just on this trip, but the, the conversations that we've had like throughout the years together and stuff like that. Always appreciative of his friendship. Um, the other thing I want to make mention too, is I wanted to give a thanks to, you know, guys that I, you know, have really kind of helped me, um, shape how I hunt essentially. Um, you know, I think all of us, you know, when we, when we, you know, hunt as kids, it's oftentimes, you know, friends and family, you know, close friends and family who, who have the biggest impact on how we hunt. And then maybe as we get a little older and we, you know, reach out to different resources, you know, you start to find guys that maybe hunt a little bit differently and they, and you start picking up things from them. And I always say that I, I like to pick things up and kind of put in my bag of tricks from a, a lot of different people. 
And, you know, I talked about this, I think, with John a little bit in another podcast like this hunt was kind of, you know, a lot of those things kind of coming to fruition and me, you know, really starting to, I think, put into place like some of the things that I wanted to ultimately do. I had some goals for myself that I set that I talked about in previous podcasts of how I wanted to, you know, start to be more aggressive and challenge myself to do that and, you know, and trust my instincts a little bit more and, um, you know, and I'm, I have a super mobile setup, you know, and, and just to utilize that more to its fullest ability. And that all kind of came to fruition during this. So it's like, you know, the encouragement of guys like Greg Litzinger, you know, who I spend a lot of time with and have a lot of respect for as a hunter and as a buddy, um, you know, he's helped me tremendously. You know, he may not take credit for it with the way that I was shooting, but, you know, he's been somewhat my sensei as far as my, as far as archery goes and helping me develop a more consistent shot. And I think it was, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to make that final shot if it weren't for a lot of the work that he and I did together to, to understand and learn how to control my shot. Um, cause that last one, um, it all came together all the things that we had talked about. It took screwing up twice to mentally try to have to snap myself back into shape. Um, but super appreciative of the time I get to spend with him, Chad Sylvester. Um, always kind of pushing, you know, and, and challenging each other to, to grind harder and, and go deeper, go harder and ultimately hunt, hunt smarter. Um, you know, so a big thanks to him, you know, just for being a good, a good buddy. And then, you know, guys like Dan N. Fault and John Eberhardt who get a ton of credit for guys having success, but it's not, uh, you know, it, it, I take a lot from their teachings, you know, uh, th- this is the second deer that I've killed using a lot of the tactics that I've picked up from Dan, um, I sent him a message to say it, to say as much, and, uh, he's not one to take a whole lot of credit for it, but, uh, you know, this was a leeward side of a ridge, um, with a, with a, with an iffy wind that I was, uh, playing the wind on a, on a razor's edge that really kind of allowed me to get it done. But the, a bunch of the encounters that I had during the course of these two weeks was hunting over primary scrape areas. And that's something that I've definitely picked up from, from John Eberhardt. Um, and the time that I've got to talk to him and, and, and not just on this podcast, but separately as well. So, you know, there's a bunch of dudes I could go down the list that have been, that have been helpful, um, in kind of helping shape, you know, how I've, how I hunt and, and part of the reason why I was able to not just be successful in this trip, but why I was able to kind of ground grind it out after some failures and just kind of keep going and keep going. Um, it's a lot of the, you know, having the right support group and the right friends, it doesn't matter what you do in life, hunting, work, family, raising a family, whatever the case is, it's having the right people in your corner is what matters. And, you know, I guess I, I basically, I guess I could just say, I think my lucky star is in a hunting sense. And even just in a life sense that the guys that I have in my corner, that, that they're there, uh, because I think they're all top notch, not only just great hunters, but they're great dudes. And they're the type of guys that you would go to battle with any day of the week. And you're thankful that they're there as your support system whenever you're going through something challenging or just when you need to bounce things off of them. So with that, we'll kind of wrap up the hunting aspect of it. One more piece of housekeeping to do before we jump into the podcast is John and I mentioned we were giving away one of his bourbon barrel uh, game calls, a turkey call. I have one. It's super rad. Maybe it'll help me kill a turkey this year since I'm admittedly one of the world's worst turkey hunters. Um, But we announced a few podcasts ago that we were going to be giving away one of his calls. And we did the drawing. 
And the winner is Troy Templeton. Troy, you are the winner of the turkey call. John will be reaching out to you to get your information, to get that shipped out to you. So congratulations to you. Hopefully you, uh, Hopefully you lay the smack down on a thunder chicken this year using a badass bourbon barrel uh, turkey call. If you haven't followed and liked John's uh, Instagram page for the turkey calls, I definitely would check it out. They'd make a killer uh, Christmas present for anyone who's into turkey hunting, whether they want to use it in the turkey woods or whether they just want to use it as like a collector's piece. It would make a great Christmas gift this year uh, to, to give one of those. So definitely check those out. Uh, I believe on his inst- on the on the Bourbon Barrel uh, Game Calls Instagram page, you can get to the website to check out the products and and figure out what you want to get. He has branded and non branded calls, so there's a couple different variations you can get. So definitely check those out. So with that, let's go ahead and get uh, and jump into the podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening, and I'll be talking to you guys soon. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Truth From Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. We are, this is the, I don't know, we could affectionately refer to it as the the rut log recap, rut recap episode. Yeah. my uh, I'm here with Mr. Johnny Utah, my brother from another mother. Feels like I've moved in, man. I feel like I'm, uh, feel like I'm becoming an Iowan. You're is like it, part Iowa resident. I know, right? Yeah. I just need to like get me uh, some land and convince the wife to move here. That way, I don't have to wait every four years to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, this is the end of the this is the end of the trip. Uh, day day fifteen. Um, headed back to Pennsylvania tomorrow. I'll release this next week on Wednesday. We'll start to get back on our regular show schedule, putting them out on Wednesdays. Um. But wanted to take the opportunity to record one last one here with with Utah live since we're both in the same place and just kind of talk about what has happened the over the course of the two weeks you know recap it and then talk about what we what the plans are because even though rut is well not a not officially over like the first part of rut is over because we know you know things kind of like to heat up again right around that Thanksgiving time frame you know when those second does come in um. Then of course we have late season that's happening as well. So, Utah, why don't we get your uh, why don't we get your update since the last time we since the last time we spoke? Oh, let's see. I guess that was the last time uh, with the Drifter with Connor, yeah, you and Drifter, yeah. Um. So last night, um, there was a, a buck that I call the Great Eight. Um, I saw a doe, like kind of caught me off guard, you know, it was like such a flash, but she busted out of the timber 80 yards down from me and she's running away from me. She's running, um, she's running South and I, and I've got a, um, I've got a North wind and I'm like, she couldn't have picked me up over there. You know, she was mm-hmm. beside me, but there was a little six pointer that was chasing her. I'm like, well, that's reassuring. That's comforting. It's been three days since I've seen any kind of buck activity at all. Right. It and did kind of die like all of a sudden. Like, yeah. Just like someone shut the faucet off. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, well, hopefully they're busting back up again. And if there is some kind of a lockdown thing going on and, and maybe they're starting to get out and cruise around a little bit and looking for those second and third, you mm-hmm. know, breeding pairs or something. But uh, the grade eight is hot on the tail of this little six, you know? And I thought, well, crap, that's cool. But they go into this draw, uh, South of me. And I thought, well, at any point they're probably going to 
kick, you know, catch my wind and they're probably not going to, I won't ever see them anymore. But I see her come back out of that same draw and the little six doesn't, but the grade eight does. And I'm like, nice. oh, they got down in that little draw and they settled, you know, right. They settled dominancy, you know, real quick <laughs> with and, a quickness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she works her way all the way to like five, six yards in front of the blind. She's directly downwind and I'm going, oh, nothing. You know, she throws right. her head up in the nose, you know, up in the air a few times. And I think she was smelling some ozonics or something, but she doesn't pay any mind. And, and then she kind of just kind of meals off to the side of me. And then lo and behold, he's just eating beans and he's working his way to me. And I'm looking at the, you know, the fading sun, setting sun. And I'm going, dude, hurry up, come on with it. You know, like right. it's taking him forever. And I'm thinking, okay, hurry up, get over here to die. Yeah. So I'm like, let me figure out exactly where I think he might come to. And then I'm thinking he's probably going to come all the way to 20 yards. And then I'm thinking, uh, he breaks 25. Uh, I'm watching the sun. I'm like, if, if he breaks 30, if he breaks 40, I'm like, dude, you are wearing me out. He gets to 42 yards and turns broadside. And, um, because I'm in a blind, um, it's so dark already inside that blind. Yeah. I can't see crap. Literally, I have to take my phone out to even dial to 42. Right. And I come to full draw on him, and I run a small side housing. So at that distance, it's literally like the top of the housing is little above his back, and the bottom of the housing is a little below his body. Right. And I'm like, I know the pin's in the center. Right. And I can left and right this, and I can up and down this, and I can probably just center punch him. Right. But I can't see my actual pin, and that really bothers me. So I said, I just got to, I got to let down. Right. You know, and I mean, it sucks, but it is what it is. But I mean, it's, you know, it's the ethical thing to do. Well, and you also had like an unintended consequence with that deer, too, that slowed him up a, yes. a bit as yeah. well. Yeah. I know? had a, a neighboring hunter that I guess he decides he climbs down out of his tree five minutes before legal shooting light is up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was driving down the road, saw the buck in the field and like just stopped and started like rubbernecking right. on the gravel. And you know, anybody that hunts near gravel roads or these mm-hmm. deer are like, Oh, somebody stopped. So he's like not moving. He's on lockdown and he's just staring at the truck in the road. Right. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, so then the truck ended up driving on, but of course he's still just like sitting there looking at the road. Now yeah, he's, he's looking at the dust. Yeah. yeah. And so he's just not moving. Um, you know, hindsight 2020 had the truck not stopped. He might've been in my lap 10 minutes sooner, 15 minutes sooner, five minutes sooner, anything. Right. You know, yeah, it, cause you literally needed like a handful of minutes. Yeah. And it's in that last bit of legal light where you're like, ah, eh, probably got 10 minutes of light. Oh, I got like five minutes. Oh, I got it like happens three quick, minutes. Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, it starts going quick, 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 quick. So, um, yeah, so that kind of sucked, but, um, you know, that was on a North wind. I went out today on a South wind cause I saw him go North and I thought maybe he'll reset and work his way South. Mm-hmm. Um, no such luck. No such luck. And then uh, today, today, um, I saw the same spike and the same little sixer. 
right that I saw last night and thought maybe the the gang was back together. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> man, we're only there's only one person missing from this party, and it's the grade eight. But right, I never saw him. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's that I'm hunting a bean field right now. Um, the farmer didn't really give me much indication as to when he thinks that they might be cutting those beans, but he did tell me he will be cutting his hay and alfalfa in a couple of days. So there's going to be a day in the next two, three days that my hunt's going to be completely boogered. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of like, I'm a little off right now, man. I, I don't know exactly what my next play is going to be out there on that property. It's so thick trying to get in there. Um, it's just nearly impossible. I mean, I am, I am almost forced to hunt field edges and, um, you know, these timber edges, these tiny, tiny, skinny little draws. Yep. Um, that, I mean, that's for that property. That's, that's kind of what I'm stuck to right now. Right. On that piece. It's like, you definitely have limited, you know, yep. tree opportunities to, to hunt out of and, and so forth. And you are, I mean, I've, I got the chance to walk it with you last yeah. year when we shed hunted and stuff like that. And we walked down into the timber off the one edge. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, to say it's thick is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't shoot 10 yards if your life depended on, on no. in Mm-mm. there. You know what I mean? So, no. yeah, I think that's, that's it's a challenging tough. place to hunt. It know? is. It's going to be tough. I need to do a lot more work out there next summer. Um, for sure. But you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, I got, I got my, I got my summer planned out. Like shit. It's November 15th. I need to be thinking like, what am I doing tomorrow? Right. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's frustrating, man. I, you know, it never fails. There's always a lot of crap going on when I want to just be focused on hunting and That's right. you know, it is what it is, but yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll keep, keep grinding and it's all you can do. Yeah, get one, I get one. If I don't, I don't. That's right. Know? Yeah, it's uh, it's what they call it, hunting and not, and not killing. Yeah, yeah. Know? So, I mean, as as far as my update, it's uh, if yeah, your for, update's a lot better than mine. Yeah, it's uh, if for anyone who was following along on on Instagram, you 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 may have seen some of the posts. Um, so I'll just kind of start from you know the day the day prior, um, you know after the day after we had the the drifter on because we talked a little bit about what my plan was going to be and mm-hmm. how I was going to kind of tackle things and so. I guess to, uh, it would have been Thursday. I took the morning and I hunted down where I had missed that deer the first time. Um, cause I had a cell cam down there and I had some does that were, that were pretty active in that area. They were hitting a scrape that was down there in, in a licking branch. And so I really just, you know, there were a few smaller bucks that were coming through on that, but I really was excited about the does being there. I was like, well, let me just get close to some does you know, and hopefully that'll put me in, 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 into a good, you know, position. And so I went and hunted that on Thursday morning and had, had nothing. And so, um, got out of the tree and was thinking about what my plan was going to be, you know, for the, for the afternoon into the evening. And when we had the drift drone, what we were talking about was, is my plan was really to just try to scout. And if I bumped the buck I was after, then I bumped him, mm-hmm. but I needed to figure out if, what I thought was if what I thought was happening was actually happening. So I went to the, where I had his found his rub or like the handful of hammer rubs that whatever buck laid down. And there was a small rub line that kind of walked back that, that draw. And so it was down one draw up a ridge, down another draw, up another ridge, down another draw, up another ridge. 
and I basically made a big circle around the areas that I had hunted and or seen bucks. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got to a, a point where I thought, okay, things are starting to look good. Boom. All of a sudden jump the buck out of the area. That was literally the area in which I kept seeing bucks come out of. Right. And so where I ended up, my scout ended probably only 150 yards from the last tree that I had hunted on in that particular, uh, in that particular area. And so I figured I just bumped the buck out of there. So he, whomever that was, was using, I had assumed it was the one that I had missed previously, right? Cause he's been kind of living in, living in there hindsight. Now, after today's events, it may have been a different buck that was in there, uh, but regardless of buck. So I decided at that point, there was a draw that the, the draw that I was sitting in at the, at the edge of, as you get down into the timber a little further, like it, the elevation really drops, like the one side of the draw goes down, obviously, and that ridge mm-hmm. kind of stays high. Right. And so as I'm looking at tree options, I'm thinking about how I want to set this thing up and I'm thinking about what the wind's going to do. And, you know, I know you like to do this too, and I'm not, I'm not making any, I'm not breaking, breaking news here or anything, but you know, I like to try to find a spot whenever I'm going to set up that has a barrier to one side of me or something that's going to deter deer from coming to that side of me. That way I can kind of say, you know what, there isn't going to be anything that's going to come from this area. I don't really have to worry about shooting to this area. That's also the area where it's like, I'll look to like try to play my wind if I can. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my idea was, was that that draw is pretty open, right? There's some little bit of multiflora rose that's there, but for all intents and purposes, it's, it's pretty open terrain. It doesn't get thick until you get up on top of that ridge. And then that's where there's like some cedars and a bunch of multiflora rows and a bunch of small stem trees and shit. Yeah. And so my idea was like, well, I don't have a real barrier per se, but they're not going to want to be in that open terrain. So if I can set myself up basically on the edge of the draw where the ridge starts to break down into the draw, then I might be able to use that as like my pseudo barrier. Right. Right. And so that was really the plan. And there was a triple trunk tree that was there. And it was like, as it widens at the top, as you go up, it's like just enough room for me to kind of fit in. So I had two trees to my back. I could actually shoot between the two to my back. And then I had plenty of shooting out in front of me, but just a couple windows. And there was one main trail that kind of went through there. And one thing that's crazy, man, is like I've noticed in, in this trip and hunting here is that, very seldom, especially because the pieces of public that I'm hunting and that, that, you know, that you hunt as well, like they're, it's big woods, right? So very big. Yeah. So you don't have like super beaten down trails necessarily, right? Like it's not like super highways. Like you would get like, you know, maybe in the Northeast where there's some smaller parcels or right. whatever, right? Um, There would be one here and there, like the the corner, right? That's a pretty defined trail. Um, but in this area, like it was just like the small little area you could tell where deer were, were using it consistently. Right. And so I wanted to set up to have a shot to that at two different, two different places. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And then, so Thursday for that evening hunt, I had a Northwest wind, which is basically just dumping my scent down into that draw, which was what I kind of wanted because, you know, I didn't anticipate any deer coming up from, from that draw. And I was willing to give that up. So sat there for the evening and had a a deer that kind of was walking the logging road or that trail, hitting a scrape, put the binos on it, 
could tell that it was a buck, but wasn't sure what buck it was or how big it was. So I doe bleated at it. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I haven't busted out the, the doe bleat like all trip until like two days ago, you know? Um, so I doe bleated at it and man, like he, dude, he came on a string. Like it was like, he came right up that draw to the right spot, hit that little trail, walked right in front of me. He was just a little rack eight stopped at 16 yards right in front of me. And then just kind of kept walking on. I put him on Instagram live, you know, cause he was just kind of cool hanging out and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if I could just get a shooter to do that, like that would be awesome. Nice, easy shot. You know, I need an easy shot at this point because, you know, <laughs> it's a, the confidence might be a little shaken after, after two misses. But, uh, so that was basically the end of the hunt. And so the plan really was, is I was contemplating going out this morning, you know, so this is Friday, um, last, last day and was going to go out in the morning and try to catch that, that buck on a, on a bump and dump. Right. Cause I thought he was mm-hmm. bedded back in. Cause I found a couple beds on my, as I was following his rub line, I found a couple beds, a couple scrapes back in the timber. And then I decided at some point last night that I wasn't going to hunt the morning because I really needed to get up and just kind of pack to get ready to head back to Pennsylvania and I'd hunt just the evening. And I was just kind of coming to terms with the grips with like the fact that like, okay, this was an awesome trip. I got to see like super cool deer things and talk to deer. Like I've never been able to talk to them before and get them to respond to snort wheezes and rattling and like things like that, that like just in many instances don't work in Pennsylvania. Like you scare more things off than you do entice them mm-hmm. um, just because of the pressure and like the deer numbers. And you know, a deer doesn't need to fight in PA. Let's say if you rattle, it's because there's 20 does for every buck. You know what I mean? So right. why would you go get your ass kicked when you can just walk around the corner and get another one, you know? So that was my plan for today. And, uh, Walked in, super quiet, got up in my tree, left all my stuff, left, you know, basically my, my platform, everything except my bow and my saddle essentially, you know, stayed in the tree overnight because I knew I was going back to that spot. Tonight, there was a, a southwest wind to start, which was great because it was basically going to cut my right from my left shoulder across my face into the front part of the draw out toward that logging road. And I didn't really anticipate anything coming from that side necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also once it gets down in that draw, I was watching my milkweed and I assumed it would probably start to get sucked down the draw a little bit as the, as the uh, thermal started to drop a little bit, it probably would never make it to the road right, right. Or to the trail. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what I was playing. The only kind of iffy thing was uh, at, as the day went, it was going to turn more and more North. And so a north wind was one of those winds where it's like, it's like you and I talk about all the time, John. It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost perfect for the deer and almost completely wrong for you. Yeah. Like I'm dropping milkweed as it's turning north and I'm literally threading the needle. Like my milkweed is floating like 10 yards, 15 yards, just to the right of the trail that I anticipate a deer is going to walk up. Right. And I'm sitting there going, this is either going to work you know, or it's going to completely blow up in my face, you know, cause it's like, I'm, I'm threading the needle that like, you know, acutely. Yeah. So I'm sitting there today. I'm having a good hunt, you know, hadn't seen anything yet to this point. And I just kind of stopped for a second and just was thinking about the trip and like how cool it's been and how much fun I've had and that I've been grinding, grinding, grinding. And I kind of made peace with like the fact that like, Hey, if I go home with a tag, you had, two great shot opportunities that you, that you botched, right? You had another encounter with 
a great deer at 26 yards just couldn't get a shot because he was he was on high alert and I couldn't make any moves mm-hmm. right then had an additional encounter with that same deer like you know I had like four or five encounters with this one deer right and missed him twice and I was like I mean yeah it'd be great to wrap my tag around a deer but if if fate has it that I'm not supposed to have a deer then I'm not supposed to have one and I can leave Iowa going that was a killer hunt you know, and, yeah. I, and I had a blast. Yeah. You busted your ass, busted my ass. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dog shit tired. You know, it's like, I just, I'm looking forward to sleep in like the worst way. Mm-hmm. Um, so about that time, you know, I throw out a few tending grunts, doe bleat, and like a couple soft tending grunts. And like three minutes later, I hear brush. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. I just kind of look through the brush and I just see tines coming. I can't say that I immediately knew that it was, didn't knew that it wasn't the deer that I had encounters with before, but mm-hmm. I, immediately I was like, for me, I was like shooter. Right. So I grabbed my bow and I'm watching him. I'm like, if he will just walk, continue down this trail, he's going to come to that spot where, where that buck went to yesterday, where I was like, if I could just get a shooter to walk down this trail at 16 yards and stop, that would be awesome. Sure enough. He starts making his way toward me. And he's on the move. Like he heard a doe bleat and a buck. And he was like, I got to find who this is. I come to full draw. I'm ready to roll. He hits the first shooting window, which I wasn't, wasn't planning to shoot him in. He hits the next one. I mouth bleated. He didn't stop. So I mouth bleated louder. And he just got on the other side of this tree and just stopped just to where his head was behind the tree, but his shoulder and his, you know, and his, and his diaphragm was exposed. Mouth bleated him, stopped him at 16 yards, let an arrow rip. Didn't let it rip, let it rip. Didn't shit the bed, like watch the arrow, like literally light up because I was shooting a lighted knock, watch it light up and like watched it disappear through him, you know, and he kicked, he ran like 20 yards and then started just walking Mm -hmm. tail down. Right. And I was like, just go down, go down, just go down right there. (laughs) <laughs> go down right there, but he kept walking. So now I'm getting nervous, mm-hmm. right? Cause I've already, I'm gun shy at this point, right? Had two misses. And I'm like, I was like, I, I was like, I know I didn't miss. Like I watched the arrow disappear unless it did some Houdini shit. Like, like that arrow went through him. Right. Yeah. And as he's walking, he stops. So I do bleed at him like two more times to see if I can't get him to turn around. Cause I was like, now I'm like kind of freaking out. I'm like, did I miss him completely? Can I get him to turn around to come back to t- get another shot? Like what, yeah. you know, what happened? He looks back for like a split second and just like slowly walks off with his tail, tail down. I'm listening for a crash. I don't hear it. And it's the oddest thing. Cause any other deer that I've ever shot has like kicked and ran like a bat out of hell. And like, Mm -hmm. didn't stop until like they piled up. Right. And so I'm in the stand kind of like freaking out. And I was like, all right, just calm down, hang out, wait, don't get down right now. Right. So I slowly, at this point it's three 30 and I'm like, by the time I get the opportunity to get down, check the arrow and think about what I need to do next, like the hunt's going to be over. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, to take my mind off it, I was like, I'm going to start taking my stuff out of the tree because whether he's dead or whether I missed, regardless, that's the end of the hunt. Right. Taking my stuff out of the tree, got all that done, you know, uh, pull my saddle platform, get down the, get down the, down the sticks, go over to my arrow 
And the first thing I did was just take it. I didn't even touch it. I just took a picture of it and sent it to you mm-hmm. and was like, this happened, you know? And you, and I don't even remember what question you asked me, but you asked me something, you know? And I was like, there's no blood at the shot site, you know? And the arrow was more clean than any arrow that I've ever had go through a deer. Right. right? Would you agree? Like the arrow was like stupid oh, yeah. clean. Yeah. You know, it's like it got wiped clean by like fat and hair. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm like, now I'm nervous. Right. So you're like, walk 30 yards and see if you can find some, see if you can find some, you know, blood. So I'm walking, found just like a little bit of blood, a little bit of blood, a little bit of blood. I text you back and I'm like, this doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm not feeling it. And you're like, what's your plan? And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to walk maybe like 30 yards, maybe 50 yards and see if I can find anything. And then at that point, if I can't find anything, I was like, then I'm just going to back out and we can look tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So keep walking. I thought he made a right turn. See, like you know how it is like when you when you get out of a tree and you you've shot a deer it's like once you get like you look while you're in the tree and you're like that's where he was at and then as soon as you get down on the ground perspective changes and yeah. now you're like i got no clue where the hell he was at you know what i mean <laughs> and i forgot my binos today so i couldn't like really look to uh-huh. see and watch him walk away so i found the last bit of blood where it's like he started actually putting out just a little bit of blood. Right. Right. And I went back to that spot and that was maybe like 20 yards from, you know, the shot site. Yeah. And then I just started doing circles around it. Right. Trying to figure out like, did he lay down any more blood anywhere? And all of a sudden, boom, I found a decent spot and I was like, well, this is to the left of where I thought he went. So what had happened was the last spot I found blood, I thought he went further to the right and there was, not a trail, but like, it looked like a deer had kicked up leaves. Right. And so I started following that cause I assumed that that's where he went. He actually went to the left and I found that blood. And then all of a sudden it was like a bigger spot of blood, a bigger spot of blood. Now clearly where he blew his nose out and there were some bubbles in this, like that big patch of blood. So now I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, he's finally starting to starting to pump a little bit. Right. Yeah. I walk like another 30 yards and I pick my head up and look and there he is, <laughs> 10 yards in front of me. Yeah. He probably went all of, I mean, 60 yards max from the, the spot of impact. And uh, he's a super cool uh, Iowa nine point with a split G2 on his right on his right side. And uh, I was pretty pumped, man. Like, it was almost, it was weird because I was excited, but it was also like a sense of relief where I was just like, it's over. <laughs> the 15th day, the 11th hour, you know, like you couldn't get much more down to the wire. And, uh, and then of course the drag out, you know, which is, which is brutal. So I texted you a picture of him cause I hadn't texted, I kept texting you blood pictures. Uh huh. And I finally, when I got to him, I just sent a picture and your response was like, hell yes. <laughs> so, uh, but man, it's, uh, I mean, that was like, dude, I don't know. I couldn't have pushed it any further to the limit. <laughs> No, I mean, that's, it's funny. Cause I had a conversation with somebody here a couple weeks ago and I was like, why does it seem like everybody always kills in the last like hour or the last sit of a hunt or, you know, or they go into overtime and then they kill something. And I don't know why it works out that way. Um, it's either on the first sit or the last sit. 
like it never happens just like day four, day five, right? You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Day ten, yeah. Day fifteen, yeah. You know, yeah. It always has to be like the last day or the first day. Yeah, it's, it's so random. I mean, the coolest thing about it, you know, one is super cool buck. Uh, you know, I'm super pumped, but I, I'm even more pumped that like I kind of had to that little that little or not little, but that piece that I kept hunting that area. It's like I kept having to like dial it in because I hunted three different trees in there and I saw mm-hmm. bucks at each tree, but it was like. The first set I was in that big tree that I showed you, which I yep. think would be awesome to put a to put a set in down yep. there because that's a mm-hmm. sweet tree. But it was like I, I the bucks I was seeing, like they just wouldn't commit and come out to give you a shot. They would stay back in the brush and you could get a shot back there, and that's where I missed them. But like they still have to come pretty close to the trail to get to get a shot because he was just a few yards into the timber and it was still a twenty eight yard shot, and that's through shit. You know what I mean? That's a hard shot to make. Yeah. Um and then I moved to that other tree that I showed you just that was across the trail, just a couple yards into the timber. And then he came up off my right on top that little knob. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of the of the ridge, really. Mm-hmm. And you're still shooting through junk and whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, there's got to be a better setup back there. And that's when I did all the scouting or whatever. And I ended up close to where I was at previously because that was still the best setup. And I ended up on a tree that was back in basically once you get through that brush there's like a little almost like oak flat that opens up back there mm-hmm. and it's still high stem count and kind of gnarly but it, there's a ton of security cover for them to where they can pop out and if they want to come out to see who's calling or what doe's bleeding or you know what buck is you know yeah. or fighting what bucks are fighting or whatever they gotta commit and come out because they can't see you know what i mean so it's a pretty sweet little spot and that's the part that i was super stoked about was that piece was like that was an area that you and I never even scouted in March, Mm-mm. you know? No, we went straight and then to the right. Yeah. And so I hopped down in there and, you know, uh, put some boots on the ground, had a couple encounters and then just kept kind of dialing it, dialing it, dialing it until I finally yep. had the encounters I was looking for and, and then finally got it done. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, it's all the things that I've been wanting to practice and you and I've talked about where it was like, you know, wanting to get better at reading sign and, trusting mm-hmm. myself and doing all those things. It was like this trip was, I think for me, it's a, it was a big growth, mm-hmm. you know, opportunity or period for yeah. me. On Putting this it all together and yeah. Yeah. And just a foreign place, you know what I mean? Sure. It's a, um, you know, it, it, I think this trip has made me a better deer hunter. Mm-hmm. 15 days worth of, sure. <laughs> of grinding, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But I had a lot of failure, you know, I had to, mentally keep my shit together yeah you know and not just i mean dude because after i missed that second time i was ready yeah i was literally like looking at suicide hotlines <laughs> i was gonna call and just be like uh can i get like a credit on an account for a prepay for like a good 30 minutes talking to <laughs> right. i mean that after that second one it was like i'd be lying if i did if if i didn't say that it crossed my mind of going like you know what let's just pack up to just head back to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like it's not meant to be, you know, yeah. you've missed twice. That's the cool part, man. Like you, you hung in there, um, you know, having two misses like that, like, dude, that's tough to bounce back from. And, and like, you're stuck essentially like, and I, I don't mean, obviously you could have left at any time, but right. like you're having a, you have an allotment of time here. You mm-hmm. have a tag that is not going to be good again for, a minimum of four years. Right. Exactly. 
Um, that's tough, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, at the end of each day, I can come home, see the kids, see the wife, you know, whatever. And granted, sometimes they're asleep already by the time I get <laughs> right. back home. But um, still, you get almost a little bit of a reset of normal life. Well, cause, yeah, because you have normal life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But for me, it's like I was going back to the cabin every night just replaying. Yeah. What happened. Yeah. That, and I was day. trying to get you over here more because uh, especially after that miss. Right. I was yeah. like, hey, dude, you want to come to the house and hang out tonight? You know, yeah. like. I was like, I don't think that Clint needs to be alone, <laughs> you know, uh, especially I, with the river right out behind it. Yeah, <laughs> idle time might not be the best thing for him right now, but you know, then again, you probably would have just seen me building bourbon calls. <laughs> right. That's the thing. I still got more calls to build tonight. And right. I got to dry wash clothes. Um, while we've been doing the podcast, I ate dinner and I edited uh, photos. <laughs> right. And I still got another. 50 photos to go. So it's like, yeah, I probably will not hunt tomorrow morning. Cause I have a right. feeling I'm going to be working till one o'clock in the morning. But, right. You know, right. it is what it is, but yeah, I, it's funny. Cause I even, I told my wife when I came in tonight, I was like, fuck, you know, I was like, Clint freaking got it done. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, right. I, I literally thought he was like, I was going to have to talk him off the ledge, but right. he pulled his shit together and, stayed after it and grinded. I was like, I dig that. You know what I mean? Like I, yep. res- I respect you and, and, and I appreciate, that, I haven't man. had, by the way, everybody listening, like I haven't conveyed this to Clint until, till now, but, um, you know, I did give him a big hug as soon as I saw him, but right. like, uh, I, I mean, seriously, dude, like in all seriousness, like I'm super stoked for you, uh, way to push past that. People talk about target panic and getting down and beating themselves up. Like you kept, you kept pushing it, going to new places, rehanging in the same place, you know, mm-hmm. then going to a new place and then rehanging and, and bouncing around and you're reading sign. And I was getting pumped for you. Cause I'd get a text message and you're like, dude, I'm walking into a new spot and I see a ton of fresh sign. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. You know, right. like that was cool. Um, you know, I, I told her, she's like, well, she's like, you know, did you see anything tonight? I'm like, no. So I'm like, I had Kobe here, you know, for a week. Mm-hmm. I had Clint here for two weeks. I was like, and then, you know, Taylor was, you know, running a camera for me for a week. Right. So, like, I haven't been 100% locked in on right. my normal hunting. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Because no matter what, we were hunting different properties. I was still like, hey, I wonder what his, I wonder what he's seeing, what's he doing. And, yep. and even in my tree stand, I'm going, well, I know what piece he's on and, they're, you know, I think I text you one day. I'm like, be watching that corn edge. Like right. you might see something come from that corn edge. Like I felt like I'm almost, I was kind of, <laughs> you know, mentally locked into your hunt. And then when Kobe was here, same thing. I right. was like, you know, I was kind of locked into his hunt. And, um, so I'm like, okay, everybody's got to get the heck out of Iowa so I can focus <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on my hunt. You know what I mean? I know. But, right. Um, but no, it's, it, I, I'm stoked for you, dude. Like I, I am so tickled to death. I, and I thought about it all day today. I'm like, man, today's the last day. Right. If he, you know, I don't care even if I'm not friends with the person, I'm like, you wait four years to come to Iowa. And if you don't have a successful hunt and I know as soon as I say that people say, oh, if you get time in the woods, that's a successful hunt. That goes without saying. Right. But you don't buy the tag to take it home with you. Correct. You yeah. You didn't I mean? buy it's it like, to frame it. Right. It's like if you wanted to do that, I could just drive to Iowa and walk around the woods anytime yeah. I would like to. Or just buy you it and I mean? put it in a shadow box and never come. You right. know, like yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. you don't buy the tag. You buy the tag to wrap it around antlers. So, right. um, isn't it weird? Have you noticed that? Like in the last like year, two years, like everything you say, you almost have to like clarify it. I know, right? So like somebody doesn't like try to rip your ass for it. <laughs> so someone doesn't get triggered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag triggered. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, eh. but well, man, I, I appreciate I appreciate the kind words, man, because it was it was definitely a grind. And you and I have never really we've never hunted together before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, um, I just wanted to come out and do the best I could, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, that's, I, I like to bounce around, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I used to not bounce around a whole lot. That's something actually I picked up from Sylvester a lot from hunting with him. Yeah. Um, cause he does a lot of that, you know, some of it too, was just in talking with Cody, you know what I mean? As oh, well, yeah. you know, cause yeah. I know it's just, it's that classic, like first time sit, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. and that was a lot of the stuff that I had, you know, you know, cause the first sit in down by the, the corn, right? It was like a freaking buck parade the one day, mm-hmm. you know, and I passed one that I had on video and you were like, yeah, I know. Maybe that was like day one. Day, day two. Day two. Okay. It was day yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was day two. Yeah. I'm like, Oh dude. Yeah. Like that was <laughs> yeah. shooting fish in a barrel there. Right. Um, and then I went down to that lower piece, mm-hmm. scouted, hopped in, did like a freestyle hunt, snort, wheezed a nice buck in, you know what I mean? And then I went over to the piece that I killed this, this buck on, but you know, in a different area missed one, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of those encounters were like first time or a second time, time sits, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's something I've been wanting to get better at. And it means a lot to me that, you know, that you, that I don't want to say that you approve. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, that you recognize like the effort yeah. that I put in and just yeah, for and, sure and, and getting after it. Um, and I appreciate the hell out of you, you know, helping me out and just being a good friend, man. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years. We've not gotten to spend this amount of time together before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, I, so, and I didn't get sick of you, so that's good. Right. <laughs> just nice. kidding. Nice. Beat it. Beat it. Get out Go of here. Go back to PA. But I definitely appreciated the <clears throat> muscles, the dragon, because my legs were toast getting yeah. up out of that. There was a meme I saw today. Um, and it, it said something like nothing will remind you how out of shape you are, like dragging a deer out. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. It's totally true. Dude. Um, but I mean, you did a lot of the hard work getting him out of the timber, getting him to the trail. Good Lord. That was brutal. His aunt, his, his rat got caught on everything. Oh yeah. And I had my pack with all my other gear, like on my back. It was yeah. Just, you don't have to go back and yeah. another trip. I was like, it's there. just going to suck once. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Just get it over with. Yeah. And then once I got to the trail, then I took my stuff back to the truck, came back or yeah. waited for you, yeah. you know, cause I was like, all right. Cause it wasn't, it was a far enough drag. I don't know how, I mean, I think from where I got him, I think it was like in total, it was like three quarters of a mile ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that trail wasn't easy either because we've had snow and so it's muddy. Yeah, the top inch was mud and then below that was still frozen. So it's just like greasy and slimy. Yeah. So it was like dragging through like like dough. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Like sand. Like, yeah. For every step we took, I think there was at least like an eighth of a step backwards. Yeah. We slide a little bit, you know? Exactly. So what's but, your plans, man, going forward? You got the rest of the well, the season here in Iowa. Yeah, so I have a I have a brand new Ouija board that I'm going to open up. <laughs> there you go. Um, and see if it'll point me in the direction of what stand I need to go to. Um, so, you know, I mean, like for me, 
you know, I'm not doing the saddle thing. I'm doing climbing mm-hmm. sticks and a stand, but I'm also doing um, a camera arm base, camera yeah. arm, camera gear, you know, and then my bow. Um, so tearing down and doing hanging bangs. Yeah. Really kind of sucks. I bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, not to say that it can't be done, not to say I haven't done it before, but usually when I do it, I usually have a camera guy. So right. at least you have another person to kind of help hand you sticks or, right. you know, once you get up in the tree, he's messing with the camera arm base and I'm messing with the bow and those onyx and screw ins and that kind of stuff. But right. so doing the, what I'm doing with the video stuff, it does make it a little tougher. Yep. And, um, it's real easy to like go, yeah, you know what? I think I'll sit that stand one more time because right. it's already set up. Right. You know yeah. that, I mean, you've killed good deer over there too, man. I mean, it's not like that's what's it, killing it'd be, me. It'd be one thing if you weren't seeing any good deer and at I was all. just ride grinding it out. Yeah. I mean, every other day I'm seeing one of my shooters and yeah. they're just in a different spot or then I move to that spot. Then they're in this different spot and it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been frustrating. And I talked to a, another buddy today and I said, what's more frustrating um, a mutual friend of ours, Billy, mm-hmm. Billy yeah. C. I said, is it more frustrating to not see a shooter buck or to see your shooter buck at a hundred yards? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, I think it's almost more frustrating seeing them and you can't kill them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they're out of, out of sight. But then again, seeing them gives you hope to go back out again, you know, the next day. And, right. um, but man, you know, we've talked about it in the uh, in past podcasts. This has been such a crazy year for me. It's been mm-hmm. uh, really, really stressful. Um, and I, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm fighting that balance of work versus pleasure. Mm-hmm. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Right. You know, and I'm trying to. I'm like remind myself. I love hunting. I love chasing whitetails. I love doing video and photos. Right. I can go do all that. If I right. go out into the timber and I go out into field edges or food plots or whatever I want to go do. But, um, yeah, it's been, been you know, yeah. and, I've, and I've been grinding about a week before you got here. So yeah. I kind of kicked it off and yep. yes, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit of burn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, de- I definitely got the burn. Like I'm Wilson, you know, yeah. Wilson uh-huh. from back home, you know, he texts me after, after I shot the deer mm-hmm. and, um, or actually he called me while I was getting ready to, while I was getting ready to, uh, gut him. And, uh, he was like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, Rut's just really getting cranking back here. You're getting back just in time. You'll be getting back just in time. I'm like, dude, I don't know that I'm going to be walking into the timber in the next like week or so. It probably won't be till like, I take my daughter gun hunting sure. like the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Not, not that I wouldn't want to necessarily, but Look, my wife was just super cool with me being gone for two weeks to go chase whitetails in Iowa. Yeah. Like, probably need to like kick it at home a weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so. Well, you I, know, the whole time I've been in Iowa, um, I've still been holding on to my first state tag mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving, except for last year. Last year was the first oh, really? year um, that I that I killed something before, and I was look kind of looking forward to hanging out with the family for Thanksgiving. Well, then I ended up going on that Sitka hunt in Illinois oh, right. yeah. during Thanksgiving. So I kept saying, man, I need, I need to get something ground checked before Thanksgiving. I want to go do Thanksgiving, you know, with the family this year. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, 
We're getting Ooh. close. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. We got like, we got like eight, <laughs> eight more days. I'm like, when, well, when is Thanksgiving? Is I don't it, even remember. Is it the 24th? Something like that. Or is it the 28th? I don't even know. Seems like it should always be on the same day every year. Yeah, I know it's like the last Thursday of the month, but like, is or next to last Thursday. It's the 21st, I think. No, 28th. Is it the 28th? 28th. Oh, that's weird. It oh, is cool. The I got a few more days. So, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I've got. Yeah, almost two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Plenty Whatever. of time. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You, you can miss twice in that time. Yeah. And kill one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, um, that's, that, that's the plan. I mean, I've got, I've got my one lease that, um, that I'm probably going to keep grinding it out on. I mean, I've seen some no, of those what shooters. About that, what about that other farm? Yeah. I, that's where I was hunting a lot in, um, um, the end of October. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably in my best interest to swing out there and check some cameras, see if yeah. anything's starting to hit scrapes again over there. It just went cold, like yeah. nothing. I had like three sits in a row. I never even saw a deer. Oh, wow. Like at all. Wow. Those are long days. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And one of those days, I think I walked in, I hunted the morning. I sat till nine. I came out, got a bite to eat and went back at noon. And then this was before the time change. So I was sitting till like six 30 and I'm like, dude, I just did nine hours on the stand today and I never saw a deer. Right. You've got to be kidding me. Now that property, uh, where my set is that the, I don't have access to the whole farm. I just have part of the farm and I knew this was going to happen when I agreed to, yeah, I want to hang a set and hunt it. Um, they moved their horses mm. into that, into the cut beans. Um, so I know that horses and deer will coexist sometimes, mm-hmm. but not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. 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 So that, that property, like the odds are diminished. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of dropping on that. So unless I see sign of something, um, and I'm in one of those spots where I don't expect to see a lot of sign. I just see it as a, you just, know, right. They should be. people listening could see me pointing. Yeah. Pointing fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my fingers are kind of crossing together. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. like, it's like a little hub. Yeah. Or it should be a hub. That's right. what it looks like on topos. Right. You know, I don't know. I'm just reading it wrong or something. Right. I'm starting to realize I might not be as good of a deer hunter as I thought I was. No, nah, I think you're, I think you're pretty yeah. good. I think you're pretty <laughs> good deer hunter. <laughs> it's uh, it's just, I don't know. This year, there's been more times this year than probably all my years combined. You know, when you look at a spot and you're like, I need to sit that stand there. or I need to hunt that draw today. And then you get the last second you go, eh, you know what? On second thought, I better go to this side. I'm going to go sit that. Then you check your trail camera and you're like, Oh, I would have been See, sitting that stand. The one thing I started doing this year mm-hmm. and it, and part of it was during this trip was as soon as I made the first decision stuck with it, I'd never, yeah. I never went back and thought about it again. Sure. It was just like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and I just committed to it that like, that's where I'm going to kill something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just like going to go sit, the, sit that spot now. Yeah. You know, like I never hunted from the ground. Well, I shouldn't say I never, I, I grew up hunting from the ground, mm-hmm. but I haven't hunted from the ground with a bow in my hand ever. It always was still hunting with a gun essentially. Right. And that's how I grew up doing it with my dad. Until this trip. And that's the way his daddy did it. That's the way his daddy did it. That's right. By God, it's the way his brother did it when he caught rattlesnakes. You know, 
But, uh, and I just, you know, when that day when I jumped that big deer out of that, you know, little draw in between that, in the middle of that CRP field, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, not going to second guess. I was like, I am going to kill him from the ground tomorrow. Yeah. And I just went, didn't see him. Right. But I just made a decision. That's what I was going to do. And I just went and went and did it, yeah. you know? Um, so saw a small buck there, but that's one thing, I guess, one of my takeaways from this trip was just like, I stopped second guessing myself. I start, start just, conti- you know, believing what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Don't give yourself a chance to talk yourself out of it. Right. If I see something that like, if I go, Ooh, man, like there's a reason I said, Ooh, man, yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. It's like, it's because it looks pretty good. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that should be enough like to figure out, okay, now, which tree do I want to be in? Like, yes, you can debate that because you got to think about, well, what's the wind going to do? Where are they going to come from? Like, exactly. Yeah, your your exact placement becomes tricky, right? Yeah. And you have to debate that a little bit. But the area, it's like, you know, I usually, now it seems like I just kind of stick with it, um, you know, if I if I can and just kind of make the, make, the, make the decision and that's, you know, and that's how I roll. And then let the chips fall where they, let the chips fall where, they're, where they may, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think my plans for the uh, the rest of the hunting season, I still have a, a buck tag in Pennsylvania to try to fill. Um, don't know that I'll get out here during um, this last weekend-ish before Thanksgiving hits. Gun season comes in Saturday after Thanksgiving, taking my daughter out for that, which would be pretty cool. Um May get a hunt in a, a a bow hunt during rifle season back in PA. We'll we'll see how that materializes. But then after that, I'll hit late season like like usual, and mm-hmm. powerhead. If nothing else, you know I think there's a couple places back there that I really want to check out um, and do a little bit more scouting um, and kind of scout slash hunt during late season. You know, really more intel grabbing for for next year in in a lot of ways. Um, but the one thing I definitely want to do is I've got a handful of doe tags and I want to fill every single one of those for no other reason that I just need to, I need to put arrows in deer. Mm-hmm. I realize that like passing deer and stuff like that, that I've done in the past has limited the opportunity or the amount of times I'm going to have live action, you know, in mm-hmm. a tree with a bow, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like on this trip that, that bit me in the ass at the beginning because I never released an arrow last year at a deer, you know? And so I essentially went, a year and a half, almost two years without, you know, I've released one arrow and it was a, a doe, you know? Wow. And so just, I passed deer, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to shoot that one. Oh, I'm not going to shoot that one. And so I literally haven't released it, released one arrow at a live target in two years, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like I just need to be more diligent about filling my doe tags. If for nothing else, I just need to stay sharp yeah. in shooting live targets. Man, I used to tell people that all the time. One of the things like, like, I don't think I am, I'm, I'm more, probably more calculated now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm at that point where I don't know that I enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, as much as I used to in the sense that like now it's, uh, I don't want to shoot that buck. Hey, he's four, but man, if he was five, I'd probably shoot him. So I'm going to let him go. And then, then you see a five and I'm like, eh. I don't know if I want to put a tag on that deer or not. I might hold out for some, a different five or maybe even a six year old or something. Mm -hmm. It's weird how that happens. And it seems like it can be an easy, natural progression, but at the same time, it's not as much fun as it was. 
Right. I used to enjoy the shit out of shooting three and four year olds. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and some people, you know, they, well, it's just as you maturity mm-hmm. of a hunter, a, a bow hunter, you know, you're just trying to step it up a little bit. And that's the reason why I moved here is I right. wanted to chase a, a higher age class of deer. And then now that I've been doing it, I'm like, it's actually not as fun. Right. Yeah. You know, it's weird. It, it, it is weird. Like for me, I think, um, you know, not living in Iowa, it's, it's, it, it's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like PA, it's like, you're not really even so much chasing age classes. You are like yeah. shooter caliber of size of antler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, I would like to kill a three and a half year old in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. One that has, you know, you know, if he's three and a half years old, he's probably going to be a decent shooter mm-hmm. in, in PA. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal here was a four and a half. Didn't reach it. I think we said that the deer I shot was probably three and a half today. Yeah, I mean, I, I he didn't have a his birth certificate on him, right? <laughs> but knowing my deer here, knowing yeah. the bodies, even timber bucks, mm-hmm. um, I would put him at three and a half. But he was right. he was a awesome buck. Yeah, I mean, um, oh like, yeah, I was like, stoked for you. I yeah, was like, it's like I'm not giving him back. You no. know what I mean? It's like that's a uh, hey. I, I in the back of my head, I was like, he's gonna see a two year old. That's like a hundred inches. He's gonna smoke it, thinking it's a giant. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? right. Um, and as you were able to, you know, testify to, they're big deer. They are big, the big, deer. big, bo- you know, big bodies. Yeah, he was he was a heavy dude. Yeah, you know, long. Yeah, crazy long. And the only reason I say that that deer was three and a half was his legs. Yeah, you know, he yeah. had he had long legs. Yep, hundred percent agree. Yep. yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's like I just need to. I need to shoot more deer yep. because I can't, I shouldn't go like, I can't go like two years and only no. release one arrow and expect myself to be able to have all my shit together yep. in the tree whenever that time comes and I need to release an arrow. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I tell people all the time, like as soon as the season starts, shoot the absolute first doe you see. Yep. Get the rust off. Yep. Get back into that's how you become, you know, more of a killer. You yep. know what I mean? Like, um, so there's no hesitation. Yep. You know, um, cause for a lot of us, if you're not, if you don't bow hunt turkeys, yep. then it's very likely it's been a full year since you've shot a live animal, yep. you know, with your bow. Yep. Um, you know, that was one of the reasons why I got into bow hunting turkeys is just it was just, sharp. I thought it would keep me sharp. Yep. And then by God, I ended up falling in love with it. And I'm right. like, I love chasing turkeys <laughs> with a bow. You know, this is awesome. So. Um, but, and, and Todd, Todd pregnancy, you know, rest right. of soul. I mean, that he, he coined that phrase to me, you know, right. he said, Hey, you know, shooting turkeys with a bow keeps you sharp. Right. Um, and I think that's a lot of what that was, was just, right. you know, keeping, keeping yourself coming to full draw on live animals and shooting them. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's a big difference between live animals and foam, right? It's like, cause I shoot the shit out of foam three yep. plus days a week. And, you know, during the, right after deer season, like I'll, I'll, I shouldn't say I'll slow down, but I won't be as diligent with my shooting. It's like some weeks I'll shoot three days a week. Mm-hmm. If I'm really busy, maybe it'll be two and then I'll have some free time and I might shoot five or whatever. But like, as soon as, you know, spring hits or whatever, it's like, I'm usually on it like three, four days a week. And then as the season gets closer and closer, I'm shooting pretty much every day. Yep. Right. Um, so it's like, whenever I'm shooting that, it's like, I'm, I, I, I can sling it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there's a difference between, being on a live target 
that's moving, that your mouth bleeding to stop. You know, I even shoot from my saddle, you know what I mean? During the off season, just to make sure I'm elevated and, you know, used to like positioning myself the it's right way practice. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, it's still not a live target. Yeah. You know? And so that I think is my thing going forward is exactly what you said. It's like, you know, a lot of times my season will come in in September and I'll pass does for like weeks, you know, cause I'm hunting bucks or whatever, where I'm like, now I'm thinking back going, man, I should just be slinging some, throwing I, some does down. I almost shot a doe tonight. She was 18 yards. She stood there for like 10 minutes and I'm, <laughs> and I had, I, it's when you and I were texting mm-hmm. and I was getting the blood pictures and I'm like, I'm not going to shoot this doe. Like right. I'm not adding chaos to <laughs> right. the, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? To the, to the night. And then I'm like, wait a second, it's it's still the rut. Like, what am I doing shooting does? I want these does here. You know, right, that's, that's yeah. my live bait. Right, exactly. Um, but exactly. yeah, I came close to to shooting this doe. She's a big fat bottom girl. You know what right. I mean? If big it was the one that keeps bed. kind of coming like within sixty yards of you, can't smell you, but just stands there and stands looks. there and stares. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, she's she's gonna die. Um, yeah. She's gonna have to die this year. Uh, I've seen her just about every night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She knows what's up. I don't like her at all, but you know, and in my past life, you know, we'd go to the range and it was, you know, weapons down range and we all, Mm -hmm. we killed a lot of paper, a lot of silhouette targets, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, then the, the range instructor started changing things up and they're like, this isn't real life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you going to do? Shoot at us? You know? (laughs) Right. But while you're shooting there, somebody else that have sirens going lights flashing Right. And then before you went to the, to the range, you know, you had to do like 50 push ups and you had to do like suicide sprints. Right. Then you got your weapon with the lights and the sirens and right. You know, just get all that, uh, adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. Try to try to make it as challenging as possible to where it like, yeah. disturb your focus. Yeah. Like yep. So you yeah. can just slow it down and, but still, man, I mean, you know, consciously you're taking an animal's life. Right. And, and you know, like, there is some, there is some part of that where you're like, eh, you know, you got to think about it, you know? Yep. And, um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think I know where I need to be. Um, uh, part of the thing is I don't like where I'm hunting at. Mm-hmm. I don't like that field. I don't like that section. It's getting kind of boring to me cause I've said it you right. know, and I'm looking at the same thing. Um, and again, I can't put out of my head. I'm like, God, this summer, like I have a laundry list, you know, I'm right. like, well, that's three days worth. That's two days worth. I'm like, I, I think I've got about two weeks penciled out, right. you know, for like May, June, July ish sometime. Yep. I've got some serious work to when's, do in uh, the timber. When's chigger season? Um, so for me here, it's like second week of August through the first week of September. Screw it, man. Don't even go in the woods. It's not worth it. I was going to say, cause you got to get all that stuff done before that. Yeah. yeah. You just have to completely like drink DEET and permethrin and everything else. Right. Our chiggers are, it, it is atrocious. Yeah. It's, it's miserable. So yeah, got to get all that, all that done before that <laughs> for sure. Well, man, I think that that's a good uh, wrap up. Is there anything else you want to add no. before we go or no, man, I'm stoked for you. I'm happy for you. Uh, got your deer dropped off at the old uh, the old, old barn, barn yeah. taxidermy. They're gonna they actually do they're 
thanks for that yeah, hookup there because not only am I getting my mount done, right, but they're actually going to, because I'm like supposed to leave tomorrow morning at yeah. 4 a.m., it's like they're actually going to debone everything for me and ship me the meat. That way I don't have to you know, stick around an extra day and take care of it, which yeah. is super cool of those guys to do. And they cut my, uh, I call them my, the hawks, but yeah. that's why the guy was probably like, what the hell is that guy talking about? But it's a, the tarsal glands. I got those yeah. off the buck. That way I can use that for... For some dragon, uh, wouldn't be able to necessarily use it, I don't think, in PA. Might scare the PA bucks away. Well, there's just uh, the, you know, all that musk. All that musk. Well, I bring Iowa my own musk. musk. Dude, I was, <laughs> so we're in the tree. Last thing before before we go, um, I'm sitting in the tree and I'm playing that, cutting that wind pretty tight, right? And I'm sitting there and I can smell myself. Like my, my shit's been sweated through so much that like I'm, Putting it in the dry wash with the ozonics and at night and stuff like that, and it's still ain't it's getting rid of it. Oh, it's just it's yeah. gnarly. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like if the deer catches downwind of me today, pretty sure the game's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cause I smell myself right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's funny. So with that, I think uh, we're gonna shut this shit show down, and I'm gonna go grab me a shower. Yeah, sounds like a plan. But uh, thanks for everything, dude. I appreciate. Yeah, hey, no problem, dude. You know, you having me out here and uh, being able to hang out and yeah. getting to see you, get some FaceTime with you again. We need to make sure we uh, we get that as often as we can. I know. Likewise. All right, brother. Yep. All right, folks. That's a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We'd be super appreciative if you do those two things for us. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Skull Brew Coffee Company, Gumleaf USA Boots, Obsession Bows, Ramcat Broadheads, Trophy Taker Rests, and Dead Down Wind. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.